Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. You know, we've talked on this show, uh, man, I can't even count the times, about electricity prices and how they have taken off. Uh, Residents of rural Ontario are outraged by ever-increasing hydro bills. Uh, This out of Global News in Toronto. Hydro horror stories, tales from rural Ontario. Uh, They talk about increasing bills and threats of disconnection. Uh, facing an unresponsive utility provider, Hydro One customers from across the province are speaking out. In the past three days alone, Global News has received more than 400 emails and messages from concerned Ontarians frustrated by the lack of government transparency and the apparent disregard with which industry regulators treat their concerns. In their own words, uh, here's just some of the messages that Global News got in regard to Electricity prices, 400 emails and messages in the last three days alone. Uh, Lindsay in Sault Ste. Marie says, My husband and I have four children, one with autism. We have learned to eat only using $200 a month. Two of our children are in diapers. Imagine the cost. We get the disconnection notice every month, and we are approximately $1,000 behind. I feel that we, uh, I, I feel as though we work just to pay uh, P-U-C, this is ridiculous. Uh, Matt from Peterborough says, uh, I live just outside of Peterborough and I'm in, uh, greatly impacted by the costs of hydro. My bills are over 600 bucks a month. I've seen them as high as a 1000 uh, uh, Seagrave, Ontario, my husband and I have had massive strokes uh, five years ago. I'm his only caregiver uh, and, of course, uh, have little income. My bill, my bill for last month was $800. We are seniors on a fixed income. Andre from Sutton, Ontario. We're ready to be shut off over a $588 bill. We live north of Toronto in a small town. We haven't been able to pay our bill for two months. Uh, had the cutoff letter last week. They go on, they go on, they go on. Um, Another one out of Dufferin, Ontario. In the three years since my husband passed away, I've paid approximately $20,000 in electricity for our cottage. This winter, we shut off everything with the exception of one baseboard heater, uh, so not to freeze the hot water heater. Our energy usage was $294 for the month of January uh, to March, three months. Our delivery charges are $986. The bill's totaling $1,300. It's up for sale now. I uh, live in Dufferin County, uh, County, been struggling to pay my hydro bill for the last four years. Average $400 a month, $650 in the winter. We sit in the dark uh, most of the days and use candlelight. Uh, Azilda, Ontario, I pay $660 a month in hydro on equal billing. My bill keeps increasing. I'm so stressed about it, I have been working more and spending less time with my kids just to pay my hydro bill. Uh, another one out of Bob Cajun, we owe $4,000 and even paying them $500 a month, it still keeps adding up. Uh, we bought our house three years ago. Since then, Hydro One has taken every penny we have, including our son's education fund. We can't keep up and are waiting any day for them to cut us off. And it goes on and goes on and goes on. And it seems that they've received about 400 of these in the last three days alone. To talk more about all of this, Shirley Engel is with us, Global National Ottawa Correspondent, and on the line with us now. Hi, Shirley. How are you today? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate this. Why do you think you're getting so many calls in the last few days on this? 
I think it's because these stories have really struck a chord with people in rural Ontario. Uh, we have heard, and I, you just went through many of them, uh, stories about people who are sick, people who have uh, children with special needs, people who are seniors, people who are on fixed incomes, on disability. Uh, all of these people telling us that they're having trouble paying their bills. And, you know, this began as, as something anecdotal that our Jacques Bourbeau heard about. He, he is a resident uh, part of the year in rural Ontario, and, and he heard a lot about this. And it seems it's one of those issues that has been in, uh, an irritant for people for a long time, but they really haven't had an outlet to express how they really feel and how bad things really are. Uh, they do try to reach out to Hydro One. They have reached out to government, but don't feel that they're really getting any help. And once we ran those stories, I think it really struck a chord with people, and they realized finally uh, our stories are getting out and people are starting to listen. You bring up an interesting point, and, and I noticed this talking to business people in cottage country uh, last summer. And uh, near where I am, there's a, a small diner motel kind of establishment, and, you know, it's, it's, it does a fair business. Uh, but the new owners were complaining that they were going bankrupt and they were going to have to sell. And it wasn't because of demand. It wasn't because of the dollar or this, that, or the other. It was because they couldn't afford their hydro bill. And I think what a lot of people don't realize, especially in the GTA or in, you know, if you're close to a large center, is uh, most of us get our heating and, and such from natural gas. Uh, and electricity is really for the lights and, and perhaps an AC, whereas in rural Ontario, they don't have that option. They're relying solely on electricity, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, they don't, and I mean, a lot of them, to be fair, rely on electricity, but especially since the prices have started going up so much, they, they try to do other things. I mean, we heard constantly from people who say, it's not the consumption aspect of my bill that's the problem. They are not using their dryers. They're hanging their clothes outside. They're not using appliances until after 7 p.m. They're going to bed early, so they don't have to use the lights. They're turning off the breakers as soon as the coffee starts stops dripping. So a lot of these people are people who use as little power as they possibly can. They get told by some of the organizations that are, are helping financially, look, you got to reduce your consumption, and they're doing all they can, uh, basically have weaned themselves as much as they can off of electricity and are still seeing these sky-high bills because the delivery costs are high in rural Ontario. The argument being, look, there are fewer people spread out across a greater area, so the delivery costs have got to be higher. Uh, but the irony of, of living in a place where you can see the power generation plan across the way uh, and realizing how much you spend on delivery charges as opposed to someone mm. who lives in the city who pays much less, uh, it's quite upsetting to people. Uh, obviously, uh, the Ontario government has said in the past that they were going to try to alleviate this and, and even trying to extend natural gas to a lot of these remote places, which is kind of odd considering it wasn't that long ago we heard a report, a leaked report, that said that they were going to or trying to uh, you know, get rid of natural gas uh, within the next uh, 30 years or so. Is there any sort of or have you heard any kind of help for these people? As a matter of fact, there are programs. I mean, to be fair, uh, there have been a number of programs over the years to try to help low-income people who have trouble meeting their bills. Uh, there, there are several of them, depending on where you live. Some of the charities, the United Ways in various communities, have programs where you can apply, and they do help people. They give people a certain amount of money to help uh, offset their bills. Um, there is a new program in Ontario that, that has just started that is going to help people possibly up to $1,000 a year on their bills. So there definitely is 
help for people who are on a low income. And I know that the province is really eager to get that message out that, look, you don't have to, to just try to meet these bills on your own. There is assistance. But the reality is that assistance can only go so far. And even if people max out the amount that they can get, a lot of people are telling us they're still not able to meet those bills, even with those programs that exist. And the other thing that's worth noting is we don't have a sense of whether these programs are actually helping. We know anecdotally that in places like United Way of Bruce Gray, they saw a 20% increase in, in people looking. Uh, they had more than 200 people asking for assistance since January alone, and they only have so many dollars in that fund, and they just can't to keep up with the demand. So, yes, there, there are programs available, but they're still not quite meeting that enormous demand that there is for relief. And, you know, again, a lot of the time the demand, uh, or sorry, the programs help uh, lower-income people, which is great, but there's a lot of people who live in rural Ontario that don't necessarily fall into that category that are finding their... Uh, their payments going up as well. So, it, you know, as well as affecting the ones at the lower end of the scale, it's affecting everybody. Yeah, and that's really the untold story because, you know, you think, oh, well, I'm sorry that you can't, you know, turn the lights on at your cottage, for instance. Yeah. Some of these people are occasional rural residents. They have properties that are not their primary residences. But uh, I'm not sure if you read the, the bit from a woman who said that her husband had recently passed away. They had this cottage. It had been in the family for for years and years and that she's at the point where she's having to sell because, you know, she they just can't meet the bills. And there, there's an emotional aspect to that of, you know, this isn't just some luxury that they have. This is a family cottage that has been in the family for years that her late husband was quite fond of. So, so these are very emotional things for people. The other thing you have to remember is, is just because you're not low income, it doesn't mean that uh, you don't have trouble paying the bills. Right. We heard a lot of families that are maybe not necessarily qualifying as low income, but they're trying to make feed a family of six, for instance, on $200 a month. And anybody who's been to a grocery store in Ontario recently knows that that's, that's really difficult to do if you want to eat well. Um, so, you know, a lot of these people maybe don't qualify for these types of assistance and maybe hear the message of, well, you know, you chose to live in rural Ontario, that this is how it goes. Um, but, you know, for those families, this is their home. And, you know, there aren't just uh, financial aspects to it. There are also emotional and even in some cases mental health aspects to it. Um, difficulty paying bills, a lot of people have been saying anecdotally about you know, this is affecting their health, that there have been some admissions for, for mental health conditions. So this is, is really more than just an economic issue. It's also becoming a, a social issue as well. Any response from government on this? Well, we've been hammering them for, for a while now, just trying to get some more information. One thing we've been promised is, is potentially we know now that the statistics do exist on the number of disconnections, which is something we've been asking for from, uh, from the province, from the OED, the Energy Board. Uh, now we know those stats do exist. We're waiting on whether those can be released publicly. So we're certainly uh, trying to get more in terms of the statistics. Keep in mind, the energy minister, Glenn Thibault, in Ontario, has only been on the job for about a month. So he's got a lot of catching up to do. He is himself from a northern community, uh, and he, he is very much committed to trying to do something about this issue and does mention you know, some of the programs that are available uh, but, of course, he's got a lot of homework to do before he's completely up to speed on this issue. And part of that homework will probably be sifting through his department to try and find out how much they really do know about this and, and how much in terms of statistics and evidence there really is. Because we certainly haven't seen that yet in our reporting. Uh, elaborate a little bit more on that. Is it difficult or has it been up to this time to get any sort of uh, factual data on disconnection rates? 
it's been impossible. We have not been provided that data. At first, uh, we were told Hydro One would not just would not release it. Um, you know, they are now becoming privatized. So there's less and less that the province can do in terms of, of having them uh, accountable. Uh, so Hydro One won't give us that information. The Ontario Energy Board uh, at first wouldn't give it to us either. And now, as I said, we're told, actually, we can get that information. It's just a matter of whether they can release that information publicly. Uh, the information we don't know uh, if, if it really exists in a form that we can digest is, as I said, whether these programs for low-income people who are accessing this funding, whether those programs are having an effect, whether they're uh, leading to a reduction in the disconnections, uh, reduction in people who are going into arrears. That certainly would be data that would really paint a more accurate picture about the extent of the problem. Because, as I said, we've had a lot of anecdotal um, evidence of this being a huge problem, hundreds of emails in our inbox calls, people we've interviewed. But we certainly don't have any kind of hard data as to the extent of the problem, uh, how many families are suffering, and how many families need help, and whether those that are getting help are actually able to wean themselves off of that help and, and get back on their feet. Yeah, it just seems to be a sort of a Band-Aid solution at this point, doesn't it? Well, I've, really, it's a matter of, you know, can people continue living in rural Ontario? We did hear from some people who said, it, and rates are going to go up. That's the reality. They always do. Or they mm -hmm. continue to. It's just a matter of how much they'll go up. So, you know, we're at a point where there are some people who are really looking long and hard. And maybe I can't afford to continue living here. Why not release the, the information on disconnection rates and such? It's not like they're releasing people's pro, uh, public or, sorry, private information. It's not like they're releasing names. What's the harm in doing that? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I haven't had an answer to that question. Not releasing information generally leads to speculation about not wanting to release it, which leads to the question of, is there something being hidden? Is it maybe that they don't want us to know how many disconnections there are? It is something that certainly seems pretty innocuous to, to release. I mean, you must have that data. Why don't you just release it publicly? That's a case we've made to the OEB and, and to the minister's office. Um, we're told that they are working on it. Uh, whether we will indeed see numbers, we, we don't know. We hope to see numbers to be able to uh, put a little bit more hard data uh, behind this. We've certainly heard lots of people in the cities and in urban areas complain and bark about how their uh, electricity rates are going up. Uh, the government doesn't seem to react too much you know, to that other than these programs, I guess, from lower income people. Uh, do you think they're going to listen to those in rural Ontario if they don't listen to the rest of us? You know, I really don't know. Uh, I know that uh, the minister involved says this is a, an issue that he cares very deeply about. So, you know, at this point, let's, let's take him at his word and see what he does. Uh, new minister in, in a new portfolio uh, with presumably a little more understanding of some of the hardships in northern Ontario. So uh, we can only wait and see what the government does about this. Uh, certainly the more people that speak up, remember, these are all voters. Mm. Uh, and, and generally, governments do care what voters think. Um, what they do about it, we, we don't know. We can only keep telling stories and, and raising the issue and, and asking questions and, and seeing if that uh, leads to any change at all. As you mentioned earlier, it seems because these people live in uh, rural areas, there's not a lot of them or they're not certainly well organized and, and, and don't necessarily have their vo voices front and center the way some might in, in more built up areas. Is this rural movement growing, do you think? 
don't know, uh, but I do know that we are hearing from more and more people, so I'm not sure whether they're organized. I know certainly on social media, our stories have been shared very widely, and that's why a lot of people are reaching out to us. They, they see our stories posted on Facebook, they see them linked on Twitter, and, and they, they say, hey, wait a second, I'm going through that too. My bill was pretty crazy, and they weigh in. And, you know, we've seen with social media that it has given people an ability to organize and, and speak up in a way that they couldn't before. So uh, I'm not sure uh, whether they're organizing um, more officially, but definitely I think people hearing the stories and, and having an outlet to be able to express themselves and to be able to, to be heard, uh, definitely social media offers them that opportunity. And we would encourage people to keep reaching out to Global News on this uh, so we can continue telling the stories and, and asking the questions. Uh, it seems like uh, from the majority of what I'm reading here anyway on some of the examples you've provided in your press release that uh, most of these scenarios are residential. Have you heard from businesses at all? Absolutely. There are businesses involved. Um, uh, just in terms of, of uh, an anecdote, uh, Jacques Bourbeau was saying he, he was at one of the local stores and they said, you know, years ago the discussions were about politics and other issues and now... The main topic people want to talk about is the hydro rate. So we know anecdotally that people are, are hurting, uh, that businesses are having difficulties. Um, we know even from some of the charities that businesses have been reaching out saying, look, you know, it's, having, it, it's, it's getting more and more difficult to run the business. On Twitter, I had one woman reaching out to me this morning saying, running a business in rural Ontario is very difficult as well. Um, so definitely this is not a problem that is just restricted to residents. Uh, have you any sort of plan to take it beyond this? I mean, is there anything these people can do? Well, people can continue to, to speak up. As I said, they can, they can go on social media. They can uh, talk to other people in rural Ontario. They can reach out to their local MPP. They can reach out to the Premier herself. Uh, they can exercise their rights in this democracy, which is to speak up and contact their politicians and let them know what their opinions are and let them know that there's hardship. Um, really, the more that people speak up about this, the more the government will have no choice but to listen. Uh, they can also call Hydro One. We got some news today that Hydro One has actually appointed a customer service person, someone who came from WestJet, who's going to whose job it is to actually hear from Hydro One. Customers. So that's a sign that Hydro One itself uh, knows that, that it needs to do a better job with customer service. And the uh, question will be raised, will this person be able to, to help people who say they call Hydro One and don't get any help from the company? So certainly it's something that we've seen the company itself signal today uh, they are taking seriously. And uh, we'll see if that makes any difference. Hard to, believe, hard to believe that they don't already have somebody doing that. You would think well, there would be enough demand. Well, they had people doing customer service, but in terms of appointing, uh, you know, WestJet president to, to do this, yeah. um, that's definitely uh, a step, I would say, uh, says a lot about how seriously Hydro One is taking this and how maybe perhaps up until now their customer service obviously has been lacking if they'd like to put someone like this in place. And we certainly have heard that from, from customers who have told us, you know, we've tried to follow up with them. We've pleaded with them, please don't disconnect me. Uh, so obviously it's something that the company itself is starting to, to take very seriously, if not already. Shirley Engel has been with us, Global National Ottawa correspondent. Be sure to watch Global News tonight for more on this. Uh, Ontario, uh, Northern Ontario, 
uh, lots of stories about hydro rates and uh, these people literally being devastated as it, this, this is their only source of energy in many cases uh, to power their homes. Shirley, thanks very much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me.